0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Anne Corley Baum about how perception is reality to the people with whom we engage. The instant we meet another person, they're making assumptions about our skill, competence, and abilities based upon our behavior. Taking time to learn the small mistakes that can lead to misperceptions and big consequences will provide a great foundation and improve the opportunity for success. Anne Baum, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me
0: yeah I am super excited to have this conversation with you today uh we uh, we were just talking in the pre interview um as we were having a bit of a chat and this podcast episode has been in the works for a long time, and we've had to postpone uh, on a number of occasions in large part due to you know some health concerns and and uh, both of us share uh, the distinguished Uh, characteristic of having um, had and survived COVID. And (laughs) so, you know, it's been a super interesting time uh, and I'm, I'm excited to finally have the chance to get connected with you and have a chance to have this conversation. Today, we're gonna be focusing on perception versus reality and the assumptions that we make about our skill, competence and abilities based upon our behavior. As we get started, I just wanted to share Anne's bio with everybody. Ann Corley Baum is the Lehigh Valley Market President for Capital Blue Cross. In this capacity, she's the senior leader in the Capital Blue Cross Lehigh Valley office. She also leads the network of over 5,500 producers and is responsible for the plan's organized uh, labor customers. Since joining the company in January 2010, she has been involved with strategic planning, operations, partnership development, community relations, corporate giving, sales, account management, uh, throughout Capital Blue Cross's Eastern Service area. She also designed and led leadership development programs through her own company, Vision Accomplished, and focused and focuses on leadership development. Ms. Baum is a member of the board and executive committees of the Greater Lehigh Va- Valley Chamber of Commerce, United Way, Lehigh Valley Economic Development Corporation, Girl Scouts of Eastern Pennsylvania, Lehigh Valley Industrial Parks, Iron Pigs Charities, and the Northampton Community College Foundation. She serves on the Lehigh University Health Systems Engineering and Indes- uh, Industry Advisory Council, the BCBSA National Labor Office Board, and the Downtown Allenton uh, Community Development Initiative. Anne is also the author of Small Mistakes, Big Consequences, Develop Your Soft Skills to Help You Succeed, the first book in the Small Mistakes, Big Consequences series. Her second book, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Interviews, was released in September of 2020. Now, Anne, that is quite the bio. You are a very busy woman, um, and congratulations on the new book. Uh, what a what a tremendous background and my goodness, the number of community boards that you are on, you must just be hopping. Um, thank you for joining me. Anything else that you would like to share by way of personal background, context for listeners?
1: Oh gosh, no, I think we're good. You, you covered it well.
0: <laughs> well, well uh, good, we're, and we're gonna get into your background and your experience a little bit more as it relates to the topic for today. Uh, But I I do, I have to pick your brain just for a moment uh, as we launch in. How did you get involved with so many wonderful causes and so many different organizations? And how do you balance and manage that?
1: Being involved in the community has always been something about which I was passionate. And I feel like when you're in a leadership role, or even as you're making your way up in the career, in your career that it's important that you engage with the community and make your services available. So many not-for-profit organizations run very lean, and they can always benefit from the skill sets that individuals from the business side of the community possess. So from my perspective, it's, it's what you do. It's, it's an obligation as a leader, and I happen to love it. If it, with that kind of list, I guess I better love it. But if I can, in some small way, help an organization be successful in achieving their mission, I am more than happy to do so.
0: Well, God bless you. I mean that's that's so wonderful. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I don't live in your area, but um, it's wonderful that you're paying it forward so much. That's something that I also feel passionately about. Uh, and I feel like I'm involved in quite a few things until I read your bio, and then I realize that <laughs> perhaps I'm slacking a little bit, but um but a tremendous uh, work that you're doing. so th- thank you for that. Now, you. now, as we get uh, launched into the topic today, uh, I know you do you know you, your books are all about uh, developing yourself, uh, how to succeed. I love the the main title, Small Mistakes, Big Consequences um, because that is the way our lives run. Um, you know, that we tend to, you know, a small change in trajectory in the short term doesn't is almost imperceptible, but in the long term, it can lead you on a, a vastly different overall path and you can end up far from where you wanted to be. Um, and I imagine that's at least some part in part what you're you're getting at. Um, and I know you do a lot of work around perception and reality and uh, Assumption. So let's start there. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by perception versus reality, how those two interact with each other, and why it can make such a difference in how we frame our experience in life, in our professional life, our home life, everything?
1: Absolutely. Perception is reality to the person that you're engaging with. So the instant that we meet someone, our subconscious mind is making assumptions about that individual it's not fair it's not um, anything over which we have control yet it happens instantaneously and one of the values and and tools that i'm trying to share with people through the book series is to really learn how to pay attention to putting your best foot forward so that that perception that the other person is having of you gets as close to the reality of who you are as possible. So often our behavior, the way we carry ourselves, the way we speak, even the way we dress makes an impression that doesn't match who we really are. And to the extent you're able to manage that and deliver the best version of you, Every time you're interacting with somebody, you have a far better chance of that person's perception matching up with who you really are.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, it, on the one hand, it's frustrating to me because you know you you always talk about uh, don't judge a book by its cover and get to know the, the the person and their authentic self, and we want everyone to be sincere and authentic in in how they portray themselves. Um, so, how does you juxtapose that that desire, and we we talk about that even from the time we're young children, we hear those messages versus you know, putting on your best uh, face, right? So that when you go into a job interview, you have the best chance for success because the reality is people are making a snap judgment like that, you know, as soon as you walk in the room. And so you want to make sure that you're at least giving yourself a chance to demonstrate your authentic self to to the people in the room. How do you balance those two? elements so you don't feel like you're being fake. You feel like you can be your authentic self, but you're, like you said, you're still, you're connecting the experience of the individuals you're interacting with um, so that their perceptions are as close to your reality as you can possibly make it.
1: A lot of the advice that's included in the Small Mistakes, Big Consequences series is about considering how what you're doing is having an impact on the other person. And it's not about faking it. It's not about being an insincere version of you because that shines through and and is incredibly noticeable. So it's not about adjusting yourself to be something you're not. But it's thinking about the behavior and your interactions your body language that your listening skills and how that's impacting the other person i am so on board with what you said about on one hand we tell people don't judge a book by its cover and naturally and physiologically we automatically do so so how do you balance that one of the things that was really important in writing the books is teaching one person how to adjust their behavior to be the best that they can be, but also teaching the receiver of the communication, hey, give somebody a break. Sometimes this behavior doesn't mean what you think it is. It does, so don't jump to conclusions based on an assumption you're making in the split second decision, give that person a chance, try and really gauge who they are and whether or not your assumption is matching up with who that person is. And are they, in the case of an interview, a great candidate that you might let slip through your fingers because you made an assumption? So trying to balance both sides of that equation, having the person be their best self and also have the receiver be that sympathetic non-judgmental person who's avoiding assumptions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talk a lot about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, unconscious mm-hmm. bias, you know, those sorts of things um, that abs- you're absolutely right, we, we can't control it. It's called unconscious bias because we're not aware of it. <laughs> so it's just a natural, like, kind of just physiological gut reaction it's the way our brain is wired and unless we are aware of it and and try to actively disrupt it we'll continue to do it right so so you're right on the one hand the the in a job interview for example the applicant needs to put you know their best foot forward on the other hand the the panel or the interviewer needs to recognize the reality that you know they they have unconscious bias it doesn't mean they're a horrible person but it does mean it's there and they have to um, be aware of it enough so that when they find themselves making those snap judgments that they're willing to take a step back uh, give a little bit more time and attention towards actually getting to understand and know the, the individual. So I, I love that, but that, there's a tension there for sure. Um, and uh, I, but I think that's a good lesson for organizational leaders who may be listening to this podcast episode that you know, uh, we, we, as we're helping our people uh, to develop themselves as a good leader does and you know, developing your people so that they're ready for the next opportunity that uh, we, we need to tackle it from both both angles. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
1: Great. And I love the word awareness, I think that's a key component.
0: Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Make a
1: snap decision, but we're aware that we're doing that, and then can reconcile that in our own personal behavior, our own mindset, to avoid those assumptions. That's a huge step forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I know you you talk a lot about um, the various skills, competencies, and abilities that people have, how that's based upon our behavior. Uh, What do you mean by that? Um, How does our behavior influence those elements and vice versa?
1: Well, one of the most important things for anyone to think of, whether you're approaching an interview, a presentation, any interaction, the perception is first being driven by things that you typically aren't preparing for. So when we're preparing for a presentation or an interview, We're thinking of the words that we'll use, the phrases we'll say, thinking about uh, our resume and how it's presented or our PowerPoint and how that looks. And that's important, but most perception, and I think the statistics show it's around 55% is based on your body language, your facial expressions. And you can have the best words, the best presentation, the best resume. But if your body language, your facial expressions and your tone of voice aren't matching up with what you have on paper, you're already starting at a disadvantage. And that's why the awareness around these things was so important to bring to the forefront. Because these aren't the things that someone would typically tell you. Somebody might proof your PowerPoint or your resume and say, oh, well, I would phrase it this way or "Your this word is spelled wrong or here's a way it can look better. But most people aren't going to tell you that you look frumpy or you're standing with your shoulders hunched or your face always looks angry when you're listening. And these are the things that impact perception subconsciously And that's the reason I wanted to really raise the awareness on it, to think beyond the words and the paper presentation and think about the whole person, the whole presentation that you're making.
0: Yeah. And the whole person. I I love that. I I think that's just so important. Um, And Yeah, it's so interesting. And I'm, as you're saying all these things, I'm reflecting back on my various experiences, right? In my own career, uh, times that I feel like have gone quite well. Other times where I'm kind of baffled, like what, what went wrong? What happened? Um, was it the way I conveyed myself? Uh, what, what was it? Some of these nonverbal cues that I was giving off unintentionally, probably, um, how was I perceived by others? What could I do to, to, uh, you know, to adjust that, uh, perception moving forward. And, you know, we, we have successes in life. We have setbacks in life. Um, and I guess the, the, the only thing we can do is try to do the best we can to try to develop ourselves, to do a little bit better the next time. Uh, and also to, to just recognize and remember that, you know, sometimes despite our best desires, it's not going to end up being a good fit you know, maybe we really want it. Maybe we think it's a good fit for us, but maybe it's not a good fit for them. And maybe in reality, it wouldn't have been a good fit for us anyways. There's been many times um, throughout my career where I thought I wanted something. I was so into it and then it didn't work out. And then a year later, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad that didn't work out the, the way I had hoped because, you know, now in hindsight, I can see why that you know probably wouldn't have been the best thing, um, perhaps things you know went even better in a different direction, and so um that's I think uh, an important message I tell my students all the time is that when you're going into a job interview, you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. the fit goes both ways, and you want to make sure that you're landing in a good place where you can be your authentic self um, to your point earlier you don't have you know you don't want to be in a job where you have to um pretend to be something you're not each and every day, that's exhausting. That's, you, you know, you, you, that's not sustainable. Uh, and Absolutely. eventually you're, it's gonna catch up with you and it'll, you're just gonna expend so much energy trying to, you know, fit the part of whatever that organization feels like they want you to be, that ultimately that energy isn't gonna go into your work, it's not gonna go into the, you know, your innovative ideas, it's gonna go into just putting out this image um, and so, on the one hand, absolutely, we want to refine our abilities to align our our uh, uh, what, how we're conveying ourselves to others, um, and we t- we already talked about that a bit. Um, but we, then we also have to just make sure that we're true to ourselves in terms of the types of people we interact with, the types of organizations we work with, um, and and recognize the inherent value within each of us. And we don't have to be something we're not. Um, you know, for an organization.
1: Right. And a couple of your points, I think, are really important to emphasize. The first is nobody is perfect. And quite frankly, the only way we learn is by making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. So, yes, you want to be proactive and learn and be the best that you can be. But if it doesn't go well, you'll learn from that and do better the next time. And I love what you're saying as it relates to interviews, that it's a two-way street. When you're showing up for that interview, yes, you want them to like you and choose you for the role, but you also are interviewing them, the company, the culture to figure out if that's the right fit for you. And if you're not feeling great about the interview or the company, or there's something that just doesn't sit right, whether it's divine intervention, karma, whatever, not every match is meant to be. And it's important as you're entering into interviews that you are presenting the best version of you, but also learning as much as you can about that individual and the company and making a decision as to whether or not it works for you as much as you want them to make you work for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So 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 looking for that fit is important. And in your experience, with all the leadership development that you've done, all the organizations you work with, what are some of those elements, the, the knowledge, skill skills, abilities, competencies, and capabilities that are essential today in, in organizations that we can not only develop, but you know, also demonstrate? I, I guess that's the issue, right? Is oftentimes whether we're looking for a new job or we're even within our current job, we're trying to make our mark. We're trying to, to make an impact. We're trying to get noticed, you know, by our boss. Um, like how do we, what are those core competencies and capabilities and how do we better demonstrate those just in our, our everyday interactions?
1: As far as some of the key skills for success. One of, one of my favorite sayings is hire for attitude, train for skill. And to me, if you can demonstrate in an interview that you are a team player, a good listener, you're willing to learn, and you're willing and you're excited about the company, the job, the opportunity, That goes a long way in helping to get you to the top of that list of candidates to move forward. When somebody's coming in and telling you everything that was either wrong at their last job or wrong with your company or how they're gonna fix your company and get it back in line, that does not (laughs) sit well. You might have great ideas, but in the interview, you wanna show that you're there to help the company achieve the results that they're trying to achieve. So that's the first thing, enthusiasm, willingness to be part of a team. The other two that really go without saying, the first is integrity. You have to operate with integrity, whether it's being true to yourself, being open and honest. If somebody senses in the interview that you're dishonest or or not giving them the whole story, that's, that's something that gets you off that list right away. If somebody doesn't feel they can trust you, that's not something that's going to move you through the company. So that's that's the next piece. And then really a willingness to truly listen. When you're in that interview, they always listen to hear, not listen to answer. And in an interview, because you're nervous, because you want to make that great impression, the natural tendency is to be formulating your answer before you even finish hearing the question that the individual is posing to you take that time to step back truly listen to what the question is formulate your answer and you've got a better chance of matching your answer to the question and you also demonstrate that you are a good listener being a good listener is an Incredibly important leadership skill.
0: It absolutely is, um, and frankly, a lot of people, you know, are pretty terrible at it. <laughs> and it's it's being a good listener is more than smiling and nodding and restating. Um, you know, those are those are uh, signals, right, that you are listening. Um, but it's much more than that. And it, being a good listener is truly authentically listening uh, without an agenda, just just to be able to hear and be with the person, understand what they're saying and be there to support them. And that's something that I think everyone can, can do a bit better with. Well, and it has been a real pleasure talking with you. The time has flown by. We're about out of time. Um, But before we close, I did want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about what you're up to and perhaps, you know, develop some collaborations as appropriate and uh, find out, more about your book and and current uh, stuff you have in the works.
1: Well, thanks. So we have another book in the works and I'm really excited. It's Small Mistakes, Big Consequences for Video and Conference Calls. So it's very timely and will really help people as we're all engaging more via video and remotely. All of the books are available on Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, anywhere that books are sold. It's the Small Mistakes, Big Consequences series, and if you're interested in contacting me, you can reach me through my website, which is vision-accomplished.com.
0: Thank you so much, Anne. It has been a real pleasure. I really encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the books, uh, get connected on LinkedIn, find out more about what Anne can do for you and your organization. And for everyone uh, listening today, Uh, I wish you the best. I I hope that you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.